0: episode 132 i'm your host jane hazel welcome to radical ladies and gents appreciate you guys being with me and it looks like i've got some pretty poor quality internet out there i'm telling you give comcast hell for not honoring uh you know their their quote and and what they were gonna do but uh it will get better eventually guys. Uh I'm, I'm really I'm, I'm I'm banking on this uh this whole Starlink thing from Elon Musk. I really I I hope it turns out to be something pretty amazing. But um you know Elon's some pretty good stuff. I think uh I think he can crack internet. But welcome to the show. Uh this is episode 132. It's going to be a, a little bit of a a share show uh you know there's some things going on that I wanted to address because I think there's a ton of people out there right now that is um that are finding themselves waking up in a very very bad moment and we can do something about that we can do something about it together and i think you know given this platform and this voice uh this is one of those things that i really really want to focus on um not only you know, just now, but for a for a period of time here that we are changing as a nation. So anyway, let me let me get to some some admin stuff first. Um Last Friday, uh I was down at Smith's Old Bar, ladies and gents, and what a learning experience that was. Um, it did not go according to plan. Um last second I had when I say last second in the afternoon I got a text from Pete. Uh Pete uh was sick and couldn't make it into the, the show, so I had to kind of retool and then figure out something, kind of flustered, packed everything up and went down to Atlanta. Um got you know got there and met uh, Chris croweda in person uh, you can go back I think uh, the the episode we did is in the early 100 somewhere uh, and Zach deputy uh, was there playing and he did a magnificent job he is a just a, a great guy, both of them. I mean, um, and really, you know, they kind of shine and, and play off of each other. Well, and, uh, absolutely fantastic people. And I, my, my hats off to both of you guys, Chris, for putting that on, uh, trying something new and Zach, man, uh, what a, what a couple sets you had there. And I was, I was stoked The people in the room were digging it, man. It was, it was a good time. Now for my part, I'm going to tell you right now what I thought of, of my part was an absolute failure. Um, And that's okay. Uh, The, the the ability to recognize sometimes when things don't go according to plan to adjust to account, to uh, take them as life experience, man, I I think I've done this thing um, so many times where I have failed and it's once you see you know, failure uh, and see how it can teach you. It's, it, it doesn't sting, man. The pride, the everything that, that happens for a lot of people out there that, you know, get their feel feels hurt and they quit. That doesn't, I mean, I'm, maybe I'm too stubborn. I don't know what it is, uh, but uh, I, I got up, uh, met a lot of people in the room and thank you guys that did come down. Um, especially the, the Mises caucus guys uh, and the rest of those libertarians that came down to, to see something, to hear something that was different, putting on a, a live show here in Atlanta and how it just came unglued for for myself in the last minute. I'm gonna take full responsibility um i i hadn't really done any site investigation site prep I, I think i took a few things for granted um this uh it's Smith's old bar i don't think i've been there since i was a, a much younger man and didn't realize how many different rooms they had going on uh there was a band it seemed like it was uh downstairs playing uh, that could be heard while i was speaking and you know the you know the the, the room in terms of the way it was set up with tables and the in the sides and in the back and people who were coming in who weren't really there to see a podcast who could just come in and come out. They weren't, you know, really mentally primed, I think, for, uh you know, something like that. And, you know, I, I guess it has something to do with the audience feel. And for myself, man, I was up on a stage um, that, you know. It, it was high, you know, it's, it's probably about, I don't know, four feet off the ground. There's lights in your eyes and, you know, uh, that that spotlight where you can't see. I'm I'm sure I was just absolutely squinting at the audience and trying to get through it. I, uh, you know, taking a, a couple of notes and jotted things down to talk about uh, behind the, you know, behind the curtain there before I went out. And, you know, it just, it was one of those things that um, the attention of the people that wanted to be there, I think was interrupted by the dudes in the back that were trying to get with the girls in the back and all that kind of stuff. And hey, it is what it is. And it's just, you know, I hate that saying, but, you know, you live and you learn. And I hope to do, you know, this is not going to dissuade me. It's going to refocus me on how an event like this can take shape and do very well, uh, for, you know, for the cause, I think, you know, to be able to go out and have those very intimate settings where you're not competing with bands, you're not competing with people who, you know, maybe aren't there to see you and their conversations in the back of the room and things like that. I think, um, there's a lot to be said for, you know, very focused attention and, you know, it'll get better next time around. And uh, I know Chris wants to do it again. I definitely would like to try it again. Um, and we're going to live and we're going to learn from this whole uh, experience. So anyway, let's, um let's get into first and foremost, a, a really, really nice review. Uh, you guys um, have come through, I think we're already up to like 137 uh, reviews out there and man from, from that to emails and everything else, if you want to send something to me, go ahead and get this out of the way. Uh, you can send me something at Shane at RadicalPod.com. If you have something um, to bring to my attention, a person a, you know, to to talk about, a story, a video, whatever, send it to me there, and I will try to get to it. Like I said, I am not getting to everything these days, and that is a good problem to have. Um, And then writing reviews can help. Uh, If you go out to Apple and leave me a five-star review, uh, it really helps. And I'll read it here. This is from Noel, soldier turned free man, former engineer, officer, and combat veteran OEF-12. Wow. That's later. Um, And that is Afghanistan for you guys that don't speak the language. Afghanistan is OEF-12. It's been awoken by the light of liberty. Service members need to listen to folks like Shane for deprogramming, share this pod with your brothers and arms, and then share the message some more, and then share it again. Shane fighting one of the only fights that matter. We have your left and right flank, Cole. Uh, Cole, I am absolutely tickled to death and honored that you are out there listening and that you guys are sharing this. Um, have had some very interesting conversations that I will hit on at the end of the show, but first we've got some, we got some huge news out of the, the, the president of the United States puppet and chief uh, dementia patient. Number one, Joe Biden. Um, apparently we are leaving, um, Afghanistan. Biden came out earlier this afternoon and said that on August 31st, the mission in Afghanistan, the U.S. military mission anyway, in Afghanistan is over. Does that mean that we're not going to be running ops and everything else like that uh, with the, uh, the agency boys and feds and all that fun stuff? I, I imagine we'll still have a presence uh, in that area for quite some time to come to monitor what's going on over there uh, and, and who's doing what with those things that a lot of things, you know, were left behind. So um, I have seen withdrawals from uh, Kabul and Bagram and all that fun stuff. And it is, you know, it's, it's a crazy sight to see. You see all this gear left behind. You knew it was coming someday. Uh, they don't... They don't take the time to, to put a convoy together to drive all this stuff back to the U.S. to ship it back here. So maybe, you know, they could sell it and, and put it to good use. No, they'll just waste your money for 20 damn years and then waste it some more uh, when they leave. But, hey, um, if if we're leaving Afghanistan and Joe Biden, man, you got to be fair. got to be fair. This is this is huge. Absolutely huge that we are leaving Afghanistan finally i mean seriously it 20 years people i mean we are he he said some pretty good stuff i mean he talked about you know the 2400 you know service members that will never get back the you know the that i think it was 240,000 or 24,000 24,000 or something uh to the effect that have been injured over there this doesn't even begin to talk about the uh, the lives lost of the innocent people on the ground in Afghanistan, the, the kids, the moms, the dads that had nothing to do with this, not wanted nothing to do with this and only wanted peace in their life. I mean, this is, this is a crazy, you know, 20 years. I mean, honestly, there are kids of guys that I served with who have joined up in our, you know, I don't know, third, fourth, fifth year of service already. And, and, it's incredible, you know, and, and some of the kids that weren't even born um, when this whole thing started are in now. And to think that we're sending over generation after generation. Um, yeah, it's got to stop. It's got to stop there. It's got to stop everywhere around the world. This is something that the Libertarian Party and everybody else uh, that is, you know, focused on peace. We can agree on these things. And I think it's most of America right now. I don't think if we weren't in this moment in history that they'd ever pull out i really don't i think that the, the they need a huge bump in their i don't know scores their ratings whatever their you know the the, the public perception of the president and congress is right now i know that, i mean i don't give a shit if you think it was rigged wasn't rigged um the, the public perception of all of these ass clowns right now after COVID, um, after the last 20 years in Afghanistan, after the, the never-ending wars, the drug wars, the criminal justice system, everything that these guys do that turns to absolute dog shit, like these guys needed a bump, right? And this is what happens. Once in a while, they get a bump. Usually it's Democrat, Uh, I think the last time, you know, a a president kind of got a a win bump out there where I think maybe America perceived it as a win was when uh, they killed uh, Osama bin Laden, quote unquote, you know, I guess killed him. Right. Because we don't get to see the body. We have no idea where it is. The fact that he was on dialysis for years before we got him in a third world shithole. Is not one of those things that ever played well with me. If you know anything about like kidney failure or, or renal cancer or any of that kind of stuff, what you know is that stuff kills a lot of people fast and it does it in first world countries. So, anyway, that was the last time I think they really had a bump. And, you know, I think they need a bump right now. And this being their bump. Now, you know, the conspiracy theorist in me will come out for sure in uh, in talking about this because I just like. I like ideas, man. I, I I think it's fun to play around with things that you know are possible and in, in the realm of possibility. And to think that you know the the depend the, the, the number one dementia patient, uh, the walking poster child puppet that we have for a president, isn't a dementia patient of some sort, you know, with you know people in his ear and notepads and everything else. This guy could absolutely possibly not be the president by August 31st. And that would be absolutely heart-wrenching. I mean, to see him, you know, not there, see Kamala come in and then stay to continue the mission in Afghanistan would be absolutely oh man you want to talk about just low, the dithers, the the, the soul crushingness of what that would do to this this country, to the people who signed up, you know, that are in service to the to, to the murder cult, you know. Let's be fair, but um to to America, the corporate regime that we are, boy, I don't know. i i I will never believe that we are going to be out of afghanistan until everybody is absolutely out of afghanistan some corporal or pfc or some schmuck that's very low on the on the totem pole comes back and says yeah man like i was one of the last people um out of afghanistan and on the the exiting party or something like that and it'd probably be from some oda group somewhere i imagine um, Will be some of the last guys on the ground outside of the uh, the Fed boys, but I did think it was definitely worth talking about for at least half a second. Uh, I don't believe you know a whole lot of what anybody says in terms of the program over there, but with that being said, uh, Biden made the news again uh, earlier in the week, and this was uh, on I want to say well this this article came out July eighth. Um, you guys might have seen it. Uh the, the president came out and confirmed what uh the I don't know the who is it, the uh the the, the redheaded daywalker. Pesky pesky, whatever the, the hell her name is. Um you guys can tell, like I try to watch as little of these ass clowns as possible. But basically uh they want to put together the COVID core and go around and spread the message of COVID. It's a fucking murder cult, right? Like somebody comes and knocks on your door and wants to preach to you about the good news of COVID vaccine one and COVID vaccine two. I mean, holy shit. Like at this point, how do you not see, no matter who's in charge, this is all part of their religion, power, their their grift, whatever the f- Fuck it is like this is a cult as uh, seven days a week, man. This is a cult twice on Sunday, right? Anyway, I, I i saw this and I was just like, shit, there's some very, very big implications in what could go wrong, what I think is going on, what they're planning. Um, and I this this has this has huge, huge ramifications that I don't think a lot of people understand. Um, so let's, let's take this apart just a little bit. I've got a, um, I've got some ABC news here, and I do this to pull from both sides, both left and right. Obviously the propaganda right now is swinging for Democrats. Not that they're different. If you're new to radical I don't think they're different. I think they are perceived as different because of great propaganda, of great indoctrination, and things like that. So uh, this is from Zeke Miller from the Associated Press on July 8th today uh, from Washington. Seeking to overcome vaccine hesitancy. The Biden administration on Thursday stepped up its outreach efforts to skeptical Americans, launching a coalition of community, religious, and celebrity partners to promote COVID-19 shots in hard-hit communities. Boy, I don't know about you guys, but for the past year and some change, I can't go anywhere without hearing over PA systems, no matter what store I'm in, about COVID, about covering your face and social distancing and getting shots and experimental you know, therapies, things that have killed animals that nobody talked about in terms of things like Ivermectin. This has been a one way conversation on the side of the, the, the goddamn murder cult for for as long as it's been in existence. And it's all of them. It's all of them. And let's face it, for you guys that, you know, are, you know, coming over from Trump land, let's recognize the fact that Trump played along with this. Trump kept Fauci on and never, ever fired him. Um, he, you know, talked about, you know, the, the the PPE. He he wore the PPE, you know, in terms of the, the, the face mask. Um, and he ramped up the production of all these terrible COVID shots, right? I'm glad that they're finally calling them COVID shots and not vaccines. I mean, that's kind of nice of the Associated Press there, Zeke. Good job. Um, But the hesitancy, I wonder why there's hesitancy. And I'm going to get into some numbers in this show because I think it's extremely important to see some things and how things overlap. So, yes, are, are we skeptical? Yeah, why would that be? Why would we be skeptical of a shot that nobody's ever taken, right? They, yes, Tom, I'm going to, you're, you're damn right, man. Let's Tom up here. India is off the board. Now you guys remember where they were talking about the Delta variant, right? Everybody's going to get the Delta variant out there and it's, you know, more deadly and it spreads faster it's more contagious and you're like man this sounds like some more bullshit than never ending sickness to control all of our lives it's insanity the administration back to the article the administration's we can do this campaign features television and social media ads but it also relies on a community core of public health athletic Faith and other groups to spread the word about the safety and efficacy of three approved vaccines. I'm in, I'm, they're shots. The campaign comes amid worries that reluctance to get vaccinated will delay the nation's recovery from the coronavirus pandemic and is kicking off as the U.S. is anticipating a boost in vaccine supply that will make all adult Americans eligible for vaccines by the beginning of. May. May? May of when? Right? This was written on July 8th, 2021. And I was like, the beginning by eligible of May? Like, everybody. We're talking about, I guess, 2022 at this point. I don't know. Seems like a long way off. We're not doing another year's lockdown bullshit when we go into the winter months or any of this. But, I mean, to talk about this... The core, the community core will be public health, right? The public health means government to me, right? So I'm imagine the the community core of public health, athletic faith and other groups. So now the government is pushing all of this into athletic faith in, in other groups. And I'll tell you, this is one of the reasons why I left. Five hundred one c three churches in the first place is because I knew at some point the government was going to lean on them for some things um to 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 I don't know maybe do something like this but I was just like no you know what after after learning about five hundred one c three churches I split because I was like you know at some point they're going to help this other cult that is the the, the government and everybody else and, and and to be fair to some people out there. Maybe you haven't. I use the word, you know, the term "miracle" all the time. I don't, I'm I'm pretty sure I coined the damn thing uh, because it was the most accurate description of language that I could come up with for the combination of banks, the the, the banking cartel, or the cabal industry, which works hand in hand with them and government and the propaganda machines that are out there and the indoctrination machines that are out there and anybody else that money supply touches first right like these are all people who work in a very high place with very high people trying to shape and steer where uh culture is going so that is the murder cult some of you have asked that's what it is it's just an easier way of saying all these really really terrible powerful people that exist on force and coercion of other people taking their life liberty property that's what the murder cult is so yeah this is i mean we've got faith groups athletic groups and other groups to spread the word about safety and efficacy of the vac of the vaccines are they going to come out right is this going to be some sort of law enforcement is this going to be some sort of military i guarantee you in certain places it will be right like You're not are you just going into some of the the most impoverished neighborhoods and knocking on doors without some sort of security detail? I doubt it. Right. So what happens in that situation? I'm going to get to that in a minute. President Joe Biden encouraged more than a thousand faith leaders on Thursday to continue their efforts to promote vaccinations in their communities. Quote, they're going to listen to your words more than they are to me as the president of the United States, end quote. So now Biden is saying, listen, you know, I'm going to try to use faith-based people to push this, I don't know, th- th- this narrative That we've got a pandemic on our hands. We don't have a pandemic on our hands anymore. We haven't had a pandemic on our hands in a long time, according to just "quote unquote" the numbers. And I, you know, just came to my mind, so I don't, I didn't look them up. But I know for a fact, you know, just listening to the great Tom Woods, you know, to to hear what he has done with the topic of COVID over the last year and a half, you owe it to yourself to check it out. It's amazing. But I know a long time ago, in terms of cases and number of growing cases and things like that, that by all standards, we 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 are not having a, a pandemic in, in quite some time. So to to think that we are on the verge of another one, this Delta variant or whatever other variant they want to talk about, is complete nonsense. Especially after the first one really killed people that were of age or older than the the average life expectancy had. You know, all sorts of preconditions like diabetes being fat being obese being overweight having lung issues whatever the case was like that's who this killed and there's there's not an issue outside of those things outside of those you know those aspects of of health there wasn't a die off anywhere you know and that's the thing is we weren't we weren't taking dead bodies inside of our house And putting them on the curbs outside, you couldn't smell death. You never, I mean, you guys have never, like, a lot of you guys never have. If you've never smelled human death in numbers, thank your lucky stars. It is one of the most atrocious things that will stick with you for the rest of your life. That shit never happened, ever happened in the United States. It may have happened in a small couple places in, in, I don't know, with, I don't know, like places like New York, where they stuck really, really sick people in, you know, with an elderly generation in, in hospice care. Right. Like maybe there it happened. It didn't happen anywhere else. Vice President Kamala Harris and the Surgeon General held a virtual meeting with the more than 275 inaugural members of the community core. So they have already got 275 inaugural members on Thursday to kick off the effort. The Department of Health and Human Services was also encouraging other groups as well as everyday Americans to join the effort. Quote, you are the people that folks on the ground know and rely on and have a history with, Harris said. And when people are then making the decision to get vaccinated, they're looking to you. Yeah, man. Um, I don't think at this point if people haven't got it, they probably don't want it. They're, they're probably hanging out, waiting to see what's going on. And the fact that we've got a bunch of people, young, old, you know, outside of the demographic that was dying off before COVID ever hit, I think people are, are not going to do it. I don't think they are. And I've got a lot of numbers on our side to, to prove it. A, a White House official said Harris plans to take on a larger role in promoting the uptake of... Of vaccines, in addition to her efforts selling the president's 1.9 trillion with a T COVID-19 relief bill and working to address the root causes of migration driving and increase in unaccompanied minors entering the US along the southern border. Uh boy, back that one for you right now. In the goddamn drug war. Once and for all, you want to know what, why people are leaving. Central and South America to try to get here? It's because their countries aren't safe for their family and kids to live in. Why else would you take your kids and possibly give them to a stranger for a better life in a different country? Boy, times has got to be really damn desperate to do shit like that. There, we just solved that problem there, Kamala Harris. Solving world problems here on Radical. The focus on trusted validators stems from both internal and public surveys showing those skeptical of the vaccines are most likely to be swayed by local community and medical encouragement to get vaccinated rather than messages from politicians. Well, here's the other thing is, I don't know, the the, the federal government, it doesn't have a ton of power outside of what your local Enforcement will do. It never has, it never will. It's what can you get local mayors to push through their police, local sheriffs to push push through their deputies? What can you get governors to to get the state to do to those people? People's patience is thin. It is on, I mean, melted ice at this point in terms of the approval of governors of anybody in government at this point yeah no kidding they have to use local people to do something this ridiculous the focus on trusted uh, courtney rowe the white house's COVID 19 director of strategic communications and engagement brief governors on a new initiative tuesday telling them that people Quote, want to hear from those they know and trust. It's not going to be the governors there, Courtney Rowe. You think anybody trusts their governors after this last damn year? I mean, Michigan's kind of purpley blue. And the idea that anybody's going to trust Whitmer, anybody's going to trust uh, the the ass clowns in the, the more progressive states, that's not going to happen. But you're, you're briefing the the damn executives. Of every state. Because why? Because the states have been playing second fiddle to the the federal government since the Civil War. And the anti federals told us this was going to happen. We're merely subjects in, in in all of this anymore, right? We're, we're not free men and free women. No, of course we're not. Yeah, you know, that's why you have somebody at the top briefing the governors, for God's sakes. I mean, seriously, Brian Kemp, if you're out there and you're taking the calls of Washington, D.C. on COVID and getting people vaccinated, what a shill. What a and, and a shell of a man to go through what we've gone through to take any more advice out of the fucking murder cult is beyond me. How do you have that call? Are they dangling money, federal money in front of you and saying, hey, listen, if you don't do this, well, this is going to be cut off. That's exactly what they do every time. A new poll from the Associated Press, Nork Center of Public Affairs, research conducted late last month, finds that three quarters of American adults now say they have or will get a vaccine compared to with 13 percent who say they probably will not. Well, 12 percent say they definitely will not. The share, the share saying they probably or definitely will not has ticked down since January, when it combined thirty percent. Thirty percent said that. This, all right. So these obscure statistics about who's getting shots, who's not going to get shots, who might, who might not. This is all nonsense statistics to try to persuade you well hey man there's more people now that are saying that they're probably going to get the shot or might get the shot later on you know why not you right like more and more people are doing it this is the cool thing to do this is what you know culture is all about these days you want to you don't want to be different from culture this is where that indoctrination that deep indoctrination since the time you were five years old and their indoctrination camps starts to kick in you don't want to be different from the crowd no man, di- different from the crowd, man. Those those people, ugh, boy, they're not popular. You got to be popular. You can't say what you really mean. You need to you need to be PC. You can't say words like shit and fuck and and goddamn and and things like that when you're talking about the people that like to kill people and cage people around the fucking world. Just be cool. Just go ahead and get your first or second dose of this stuff. Don't worry about it, man. Everybody's doing this kind of stuff. You're going to be in that same group. Oh, what happens if something bad happens to that group? I'm I'm going to take my chances on the other side of this. And you know what? Who knows? Maybe maybe they finally get me. I don't know. Maybe they get me with some other release of some other pathogen that the I don't know the 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 shots were actually meant to stop in the first place. So the coalition includes health groups like American Medical Association and the National Council of Urban Indian Health, sports leagues like the NFL, NASCAR, and MLB, rural groups, unions, and Latino, Black, Asian, American, Pacific Islander, and Native American organizations, as well as the coalitions of faith, business, and veterans leaders. Well, that wraps up just about everybody, doesn't it? Veteran leaders, business Leaders, faith coalitions, and the the r- ridiculous tribal nonsense out there. On top of it, and this is one that I kind of found fun: the NFL, NASCAR, MLB, all of like the really big sporting leagues in the United States now are going to be pushing COVID vaccination. What are they going to do? Are they probably not going to allow people to come in at some point? I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Maybe, you know, they're going to offer it at games. I don't know. What I do know is for the past 20 plus years, propaganda has been pushed into these major sporting leagues at a cyclic rate, which means as fast as possible. Go in, you know, sing the national anthem, have some type of military parade. Have jets fly over, or somebody jump in, you know, from the leap frogs or the black knights or some other, you know, special operations organization and land on the field and do some rah rah buttery, you know, amazing nonsense for this cult. Enjoy the show, man. You guys, you guys think that churches, you know, like these meg churches, are. You know, going out there and, and doing, you know, the, the grift work, they don't even come close to packing out stadiums of 80, 90, 100 plus thousands of people for the murder cult. They've been doing it for years and years, and two decades. Go out and do all this stuff, do all the ritual stuff for the murder cult before you sit here and you take part in sports. <sighs> Man. The community core will receive fact sheets, social media messages to share with the members of their communities, as well as regular updates from the Biden administration with the latest vaccine confidence resources. I mean, the whole idea that good ideas don't require force. These guys are going to take 1.9 trillion dollars in COVID measures put towards what this. I mean, the idea that good ideas don't require force us this moment one of the worst ideas of all time, especially if you measure it in dollar amounts that are th- <laughs> th- <laughs> stolen from the government. The Center for Disease Control and Prevention announced last week that it will devote $3 billion to support outreach by community leaders and groups to boost the vaccine's confidence. $3 billion is a lot of money. But, you know, now that we're not going to be spending it in Afghanistan, where do you think that shit's coming who have they been arming? You know, this is a great quote from Smith. I think it's in his intros. Um, you know, if you want to know who the next enemy is, uh, look who we're funding now. Well, who have they been funding? Have they been, you know, shadow funding a terrible bunch of groups that are burning down the cities? Oh, man. Whew, that could be rough. I mean, have they, have they been going out into, um, you know, different areas of like the three percenters, both uh, keepers and things like that? Don't tell me they haven't. I know they're out there. I know they've caught a bunch of them out there. Uh, Michigan being one of the places where they tried this bullshit. It's called entrapment. HHS is also launching its first national ad campaign promoting promoting vaccinations aimed at senior Latino and black Americans with roughly 250 million initial ad campaign. I mean, Jesus Christ, the amount of money that they are, they need to propagandize this life saving fucking vaccine. Oh, I mean, think about it. I mean, if your life, if you thought your life was really in danger, the people that got this were living and everything was cool, wouldn't you be rushing out to get this vaccine? Instead, they're talking about 3 million to support outreach, another 250 million in initial ad campaigns. And this is just low ball estimate, that's, uh, you know, it's something that might even be palatable. Like, do we even... Do we even care about money anymore? No, we don't. MMT is is one of those things that they're like, no man, we're gonna we're gonna try to ride this thing until we just can't ride it anymore, and then we're gonna just let the whole damn thing burn down. The White House is also developing. <laughs> oh, shit. The white the White House is also deploying Doctor Anthony Fauci. Thank God, right? Uh, the nation's top infection disease expert. I don't think that that's a title. Um, that I'd be willing to call Dr. Anthony Fauci. He might be the nation's top infection disease propagandist. Yeah, I think that's probably a, a better term. And Dr. Nunez Smith, who chairs Biden's COVID-19 <laughs> equity task force. <laughs> you need an equity task like a, Seriously, you got to have a chair of a COVID-19 equity task force because – Things aren't even. I, I, do you think that more poor people haven't taken the vaccine than really, really wealthy people? I, boy, I doubt it. I doubt it. I bet it's mostly people who are at least, um, middle of the road to, to low income type houses, man. I, I, I got to think that's what it is. On Wednesday, the pair conducted an interview. With rapper. Th- uh, LL Cool J and DJ Jazzy Jeff. Oh, man. What you need is LL Cool J and DJ Jazzy Jeff's medical, I don't know, questions to the, the, the nation's top infectious disease propagandist. Holy. How do you even write this fucking garbage? Zeke. By the end of May, the U.S. will have enough supply of COVID-19 vaccine to cover all adults in the country. Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's... top <laughs> they did it they did it twice in two articles in two paragraphs dr anthony fauci the nation's top infectious disease expert or propagandist has estimated that 70 percent to 85 percent of the population needs to be immune to the virus to reach herd immunity and they'll never talk about ivermectin, and they will never ever 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 talk about the people who got the virus and then lived through it for god's sakes what a this is abc if if you can't pick apart articles like this i don't know stay away from mainstream media completely if you don't if you don't do that and and really i mean pick these things apart every time you see something like that i i don't know i could do shows for days and days and days just critiquing really shitty journalism and and not anything. and is it hard i mean it's propaganda the the fact that we live in a nation where the propaganda is you know being funded to the tune of hundreds of billions of dollars a year, and that we are kicking ass in podcast land and pulling so many people away from these you know subsidized, fed, connected, very very wealthy organizations and propagandists. It says we have an absolute deficit of people who are really concerned and trusted about what's going on in this nation right now. And I think it's beautiful. The fact that it is decentralized and we can start to do things in a decentralized way and get people real knowledge and real information and unite people and bring them together. Oh, it's so stinking beautiful. Uh, I'm going to do something real quick and I'm going to share my screen with you guys. Cause I thought this was really interesting. Um, let's see. Share screen. Should have probably set this up beforehand, but I didn't. Let's do this. Here we go. Allow. I'm going to show you guys something here. Check this thing out. So, this is, oh boy, I should have made this bigger. There we go. So, this is a chart, and this is updated. This is uh, usafacts.org. I don't think this is quite accurate, but I want you to see some of the numbers. That are on here. I'm gonna start in Georgia because I'm actually kind of proud of Georgia for rejecting the narrative. Thirty-seven percent of people in Georgia have been vaccinated, or thirty-seven percent of people in Georgia have been fully vaccinated. Um, one dose, 43 percent. So that tells me that the large majority of the Georgia population is absolutely not going to ever be fully vaccinated. They don't want to be fully vaccinated. It means they are rejecting the narrative out of D.C., Florida. I mean, with as many people that have moved to Florida uh, from the Northeast and everywhere else, their numbers sit at 46 percent, which, you know, that's Florida. They've got a lot of transplants down there. Uh, South Carolina 39%, 39%, uh, North Carolina, 42%, Tennessee, 37%, Alabama, 33%, Mississippi, uh, 33%, um, Louisiana, 35%. And Arkansas is 34%. And I think, yeah, Utah, 37%, uh, Wyoming, 35%, North Dakota, 39%. Let's see, what else we got? Anybody else in the 30s? That's it. That's and I'm sorry, West Virginia. Good for you guys. Yeah, so this this is the crowd that's I think overwhelmingly rejecting the the vaccinations, the shots, the experimental shots. All right? This is amazing. This statistic tells me that there is extremely fertile ground out there for people who are speaking truth right now. This tells me that when we talk about impaction in, in, in making a, I don't know, a wrinkle in somebody's brain or planting that proverbial seed of liberty, we have an outstanding chance to find some common ground with people who see this entire past year and some change as a complete lie, an assault on their lives, their family, their communities, and anybody and everybody that this is touched. That's a target rich environment. We have such a target rich in, environment as libertarians. And I don't think this is talked about enough is it doesn't matter which way you shoot, just shoot, take a chance. I, and I mean this in, in the most like, Hey man, try to with somebody make them scratch their head. Jesus. I mean to watch what Dave Smith did the other night on Kennedy and just crush the narrative the, the binary bot this jackass left it was su- it was simple it was super simple for him and super simple for people who have principles first that can call both the Democrats and the Republicans a bunch of thieving murdering liars we have a huge target environment right now and it's gonna it's gonna amount to what we make it amount to what can we do what are you going to work for in this time do you see it i mean this is this is where i get extremely optimistic when i start to see things come together like this i also want to show you guys something that i you know just thinking about and so i did a little bit of digging didn't take much and you'll see um Let's see. Let's bring this guy up while we're at it. This, these are the states. Uh, this is uh, on July fifth. That is, um, I don't know, considered risky areas. Map rules U.S. code at hotspots with high Delta numbers and low vaccinations. The green, on the other hand, is where they have a ton of vaccinations already done. Like heard what uh, what Fauci would consider immunity. Do you notice anything? Do you notice where the hot spots are? I mean, I I can't believe Georgia and Alabama and Tennessee aren't also on there, but for the sake of maybe, I don't know, covering their tracks a little bit better than just being blatant and outright, basically saying that anybody in every state out there that hasn't gotten the proper amount or the on-track amount of vaccinations is a hot spot. It's where, what are they doing? They're pushing the the narrative that there's a Delta variant that's more deadly, which it isn't, and more contagious, which, I don't know, maybe, maybe just for those people that got the first vaccination or the second vaccination in the first place. We don't know because there's no data on the vaccines that it's available for any of us because it didn't do human testing. We are watching the human tests right now, and we're also watching the propaganda machines out there from Yahoo, to see this kind of stuff. It's just blatantly out in the open there and go, yeah, um, this is where we really, really need to concentrate because we're way behind in our quota for what we told them we could help them with in terms of pharmaceutical and the government. Not to mention, now the government can sit there and start pulling strings saying, hey, man, we got funding. And if you don't do what we're asking you to do, you're cut off. Of course, they are going to prey on people through their heroes, the people that they look up to. This is this is how the machine works. And it doesn't take a, I don't know, somebody that you know doesn't enjoy crayons as a snack to notice. This is so blatant and so out in the open. I just i i can't it's it's absolutely insanity to me so anyway i'll share that piece with you here in a little bit um for now i'm going to remove it but i did want to get into a little bit man 50 minutes already jesus peak all right so i um i've been asked a lot lately as uh i i think it's probably very natural in the course of events that we're in um, is what are what are we doing what what's going on and I get it from veterans I get it from people who were left people who were right anywhere and everywhere on the spectrum of politics and it all makes sense because if only 37 percent of the people, here in Georgia, especially, and, and very low numbers around the country. I think the overall number around the country was somewhere in the mid-40s, which I think is a bit of an exaggeration. I think what we're we're seeing is a mass awakening. And I really, I, I think these numbers kind of prove that. To have lives destroyed on this scale, to see the the double standard in media and news to see the, the this propaganda machine flail and get caught time and time and time again um just you know lying overtly lying to the point where they just don't give a shit anymore I think people are waking up and I want to talk about this for a few minutes because I think it is Super important. I, I named uh the show the Radical Landing, right? Um and I did that because I think our job as people, especially the anarchists, minarchists, uh people that are getting into the libertarian understanding of things. And that's the thing is we're we're all of those things. You know, we can be um, you know, there are some libertarians that are constitutionalists. There are some, and I'd say they're probably more like Justin Amash. I think Um, There are anarchists out there. And I think, you know, more of the minarchists might be people like um, Tho Bishop and and Brakey. And then there's, you know, the Mises Caucus, which is mostly a bunch of anarchists, right? Like you look at myself, um, Tom Woods, uh, Dave Smith, you know, all these uh, great people, Scott Horton. And, and numerous, numerous others out there that are just kicking ass right now. And it, trust me, it is a kick-ass moment. You know, this, this is a moment where we can all exist together and push and fight and do amazing things for liberty and learn. I mean, I'm always learning. But to to kind of get to the, the understanding of why I want to do this, I want to bring people in to a soft landing, right? But I want it to be, you know, obviously a radical landing. I want this to be one of those things where this does radicalize people to peace and liberty and consent to first principles. This is what it has to be, right? Like the, we've got we've got amazing people from the redacted caucuses. We've got people from all over the spectrum of libertarianism and, and everybody else. But we have to be the people that can bring people that don't know into at least testing the waters. And can, I want you to think, I mean, as you were coming into libertarianism, was the entire world on fire? I mean, were we – did we have this much tyranny or was it you know, more of a, a slow, gradual thing for you that – was a little bit nicer than the world is now in terms of, you know, how much the state was controlling things, or at least perceived to be controlling things. And I think the answer, if we're being honest, is the people who are waking up now are being hit. And they're all waking a lot of people are waking up at the same time. This has to be a moment where our empathy, which we are terrible at, as libertarian, we can be better because right? I've seen it. I've seen amazing libertarians with huge, huge hearts welcome people that they don't, they don't have a damn thing in common with, right? Absolutely nothing. And that's just the Libertarian Party. We we're such a cross section of everybody that's out there. Where especially where we we're, and I want to take this this moment and, and talk about this because I was there. I was you, if you are just starting to float out in space to detach from a paradigm that has absolutely been blown out of existence in 2019 and 2020 and 2021, if you were frantically saying I don't know where to go. I don't know what to look. I don't know who to trust because everything in my life that I ever trusted, that I ever looked to, whether it was somebody in the news or in sports or in journalism or in faith or in, I don't know, whatever you, whatever you trusted. And you're figuring out it was built on a lie. That paradigm, that explosion, that shift, that, moment where you just are, are taken that doesn't fade overnight. It may not fade ever. And for a lot of people, especially in this moment, it's going to be dialed up to 10. and They don't know where to go. I I have conversations like this all the time. I had a great conversation about this at Smith's Old Bar after um, after my my little set and talk up there. And I decided right there, I was like, I got to do a show. I got to talk about this. If you are out there and you want to share this segment with people, I will try to get it cut up for you as fast as possible as a clip. But this is what we need to say. We know what it's like to be lost. We know what it's like to feel betrayed. We know what it's like to, to have our paradigm absolutely blown to pieces in front of us over and over and over and over and over again to the point where now we're looking for it. We enjoy it. We see it. We want to dive into what real history has to provide to us. To something that challenges our principle, that challenges our arguments, that challenges us and our daily lives and the way we live life. We've been there. We have people from everywhere. And once upon a time, I was floating in the ether too. I I said to myself, I got to go back to the drawing board. I got to go back and find something tangible some bedrock somewhere and i found myself studying the constitution right like i thought that was bedrock i thought the constitution was bedrock it's a interesting start but if you've been here for any amount of time you know that i'm a huge anti-federalist fan because of what they did uh, in terms of waking me up to that really tough pill uh, of the constitution but i'm telling you guys as a marine. As a, as a combat vet, it's not something I'm proud of. It's something that I use as experience so that I can talk to a tribe of people that's very hard to reach because there's very few of us that have done the terrible things for the murder cult and then come back to talk about it on the other side of this. If, if we have the capability, the skill set, the empathy, the knowledge sit there and tell you it's going to be okay. Don't trust me, but I'll prove it to you. I can show you how I came to be where I'm at. And it's not going to be easy. It's going to take a ton of work, but it's worth it. Do you want to feel like you're part of something? Do you want to feel the love for your countrymen that you once felt? Do you want to fight for justice For consent, for liberty, for peace, for your rights, for your property, for your conscience, for your ability to speak, to preserve your life, for your privacy. Do you want to fight for those things? Because if you do, I know some people. I know a ton of people, a growing number, an army that is forming that will form legions eventually in this country. Let me help you point, point you in the right direction. What in the it, it, the first question has to be, what are you predisposed to for those of you guys that are already in the Liberty crowd? What are they predisposed to? Can you ask them, you know, in terms of Liberty and peace and free markets, what are you predisposed to? Are you predisposed to ending the war is great, man. Let me show you a pill that I took by the name of Scott Horton, right? Let me show you fool's errand enough already. Let me show you these books from a guy that as a guy that was there, he knows more than you will ever, 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 ever know or forget. And all of your buddies that were there with you about what happened, from the early, early onset set of Middle Eastern history to present. He knows the players. He knows the conflicts. He knows the inner workings of what happened with the, the, the state departments, the agencies, who the players were, when the players were, and why things happened the way they happened. And I'm telling you, it is a first pill that you'll sit there and go, yeah, maybe I had a feeling. I had a good feeling that this was what was going on. And this absolutely destroys anybody and everybody that's arguing for continued, never ending war. So that's one of them. One of the next ones that I will tell you guys about, and I've already talked about it, is if you're a constitutionalist, if you're just talking to like Team Red out there, right? Team Trump, man. The anti federalist. Anti federalists go out and absolutely destroy the Constitution, right? If this is one of those, this is a, a very hard one for Republicans, it's a very easy one for Democrats. If Democrats can talk about, or if you can talk to people who are liberals or Democrats that are liberty minded, who might have inkling that desire to learn about the anti federalists a really, really good chance of making an impact so that they can have this argument and they're making the argument in front of everybody as well, right? There's one that's a little obscure for a lot of people. Uh, it's the invention of error and it discusses through story the understanding of intellectual property. This is going to be a hard one for a lot of people in entrepreneurial roles right? It's going to be very easy for other people who wish that they could do things that weren't protected by the state, right? Where they take something that's a great piece of technology and they modify it or whatever it is without having to worry about being sued or harassed or anything else out there uh, by the state. And it happens all the time. Countries do this at nauseum. They, they, they take IP and they crush people and they buy it out and they do all sorts of horrible things to people and they use it as control over populations great, great piece in terms of intellectual property, uh, that some people will be very interested in. Um, I talked about it quite often. If you're talking to teachers, if you're talking to people in administration about whatever, if you're, if you're talking to people that feel like, I don't know, this whole thing kind of started when they were five years old, John Taylor Gatto weapons of mass instruction, um, Anything John Taylor Gatto, for that th- that matter. This is one of those things that I think applied correctly is something that most people will gladly absorb, take in, digest, and really benefit from. Like, really have a moment and go, wow. Five years old. I was five years old once, and, and they, they definitely came and got me on the big yellow bus. Sometimes a short yellow bus, but at any rate, they came and got me and took me off to a class and told me what I couldn't, couldn't do. And they did that for 13 plus years. And they told me all these fictions, especially once you see all these other things that I'm telling you about in terms of very, I don't know, For, for me, they were historic books. You know, they were, they were books that, that changed my life, that changed my mind on something. Weapons of mass instruction is one of those that I think across the board is going to hit people that are doubting the system in a very positive fashion about the, the critical error this country made in entrusting the murder cult with indoctrination camps for youth. Crazy. So definitely would recommend that if you're floating around in the ether. If you've always found economics boring, which once you understand economics and understand what it really is, economics throughout history has been how do a select group of extremely wealthy people, a lot of times who make the money, move poor people around the world to fit their narrative. That's economics the study of economics, but there's a great entry book into the hazards of the state force and coercion taxes and things like that. It's called economics in one lesson. Uh, it's by Hazlitt and it is one of the best entries into economics that will start to, I don't know, grow your appetite for consuming the understanding of economics. Most people don't know that there's at least two schools of thought, right? The Keynesian and the Austrian out there. Most people talk about micro and macroeconomics. Some people talk about MMT, which is all bullshit. The understanding that there's at least two schools of thought out there, one that is wildly different from the Keynesian model, which we're watching implode before our eyes. Monumental book, read it, listen to it, whatever you have to do, It's going to talk a lot about, you know, what the state has, what the state does is all lie and all that kind of stuff. But it also talks about, you know, the, the missed opportunity, the missed creation, the missed, um, I don't know, just foregone stripped from people, the ability to follow whatever they wanted to do in terms of application of their resources, life and Liberty, right? Like it's great entry book. And if you find it entertaining and that's when you can start jumping into the more of the anarchist realm of Rothbard, and trust me, you're going to have to warm up to this idea. This is one of those ideas that comes after a very long time and being very comfortable in whatever you know situation you're in mentally or you know around you know other people socially, because other people are not going to be on the same page unless you know you got a group of people that has a book club, which. I highly recommend make a book club out of this kind of stuff Um, on economics as well. uh, A good read, pretty big book um, is the creature from Jekyll Island. It will discuss everything you need to know in terms of the creation of the federal reserve, how debt uh, dollars work, debt currency works, Keynesian economics works, who was behind it and you know, why it was done in the first place. Spoiler alert! It was it was done to enslave you, okay? Um, and then I think last but not least, some of you guys are going to go and, and probably have gone further than I have, and I really kind of wonder what that is at this point. And I say that in a good way, but as a lot of you guys know, I have done um, a lot of soul searching. During all this, because I've kind of just gotten to the point where, okay, well, if if I can't prove something, if I don't have evidence of something, if I can't see, do, or, or or you know, touch, if I don't have facts to back things up, if I don't actually have history, then it's okay for to to ask questions and and to be, um, you know, I'm not not in, in a in a way with a malice or anything like that. It's just question everything right question existence and and this is where i get to with the, the last recommendation once you get through all this other stuff and you're good on economics uh you're you understand the education and the indoctrination system you understand the you, you know the anti federals, and i should mention lysander spooner as well um we didn't sign contracts in that the constitution just because you were born in america is is you didn't what did you, do you consent to it because i didn't Nobody signed anything. I didn't sign any contract for that. Um, once you're through all of this other stuff, and maybe you're even questioning reality and your faith and you know the, the supernatural, the things that cannot be explained, a lot of times where there is some very old text, some very old documents, things to that subject. Whatever your faith is, whatever your faith isn't, there's a great book called The Immortality Key. Um, and this is a subject that I will be diving into with people with PTSD, uh, hopefully here in the very, very near future. As I've gotten more comfortable uh, discussing it and talking about it, I I have found that The Immortality Key is something that with the understanding that you have certain systems in your body that are built to interact and work in harmony with psychedelics and that is going to be something controversial for very you know for a lot of people out there but psychedelics occur naturally um, are not dangerous in terms of addiction uh, and don't have any you know long-term side effects that you know that are going to hurt you. your body has an endocannabinoid system and has a a uh, pioneary gland and the idea that those things that interact with those um, was cut off, mandated, illegal schedule one with absolutely no medical um, contribution to the humankind has been an absolute lie. And not only is it a lie, I believe it was done on purpose to cut us off from real spirituality, and this this book, um, the Immortality Key. It once you've I don't know once you've experimented with THC, maybe high levels of it and psilocybin or, or whatever it is that's you know natural and safe. And I don't recommend this for everybody. Like if psychedelics aren't for you, don't do psychedelics and, and don't look at them. And and you know, but don't look at people who can handle them. Uh, that can do work with inside uh, of those, you know, those experiences to better themselves, to push themselves, to conquer fear, to, to stand in the face of sometimes, you know, some, some um, really, really big things that need to come out, you know, mentally and spiritually and physically Um, these, this book helps to understand what lengths the Catholic church, you know, basically the first church of Christianity went to, to suppress the, what I consider the key to spirituality, real spirituality, not going into a church and sitting in a pew and listening to a guy tell you about, you know, one other dude that lived in history that went around and did miracles. I don't believe that. And I don't believe that because I think, the story breaks down in itself. And it's one of those things where once you see it, you can't unsee it. And to have a giant quote unquote church or cult in this case, the the Catholic church suppress and repress information that has to deal with antiquity and where uh, people would come together and, and, do psychedelics, they called it the glue of humanity it's what kept us i'm um, yes pineal gland, Brian, thank you very much um sometimes I get some things mixed up anyway, the pineal gland um but where it, where they would do this, and the love and the peace and the energy that people could break down the ego in this meat sack and see something beyond. What is physical, what is material, what is present was something that they they built giant buildings around. It's something that they um, migrated for hundreds, if not thousands of miles to be parts of in different times, in different parts of the world. And this is a an absolute, I don't know, treasure of a book if you are really looking for something that is going to finally kind of set you free spiritually it, it's i'm i'm telling you if if you are if you're on these paths and you're looking for these things and you see people that want to see past this illusion this construct Whatever it is that they put in front of us from the time we're five years old, and even before that, sometimes, and continue to feed us day in and day out, like a bunch of, like a bunch of mushrooms in the dark. Right. This is what I would recommend to you guys. You're not alone. We're here for you. We're not here to make fun of you. We're not here to. Um, You know, to, to, I don't know, call you names and do all that kind of stuff. And I know Twitter's Twitter and all that nonsense. But in reality, we want to have conversations with you. We want to help you make these adjustments. We want to help, you know, give you something to digest, to throw it up against your principles. Maybe even to discover what principles are in your own life. See what can be consistent, to see what lines you will never cross. To see what you can apply to your community, to your family, to to your you know broader region. This is why we need to help people, to be there for them, to listen to them, to tell them it's gonna be okay. This is what the Libertarian Party is going to have to get its head around now. This is what we have, this is our next hurdle. We've gotten rid of a lot of the dead weight, the people that I believe were absolutely working against what we're doing in this moment, in these type of moments, in this type of situation. That's gone. That fight, I didn't say it's over, but I'm saying that the, the hill has been crested and the enemy is in retreat. The resignations, the people leaving, the the, the caucuses that have stood down, we're in phase two, Mises Caucus, Redacted Caucus, Libertarian Party. It's not takeover anymore. Now, it's an awakening, and it's our job to adjust, to see where the next struggle is, and it's not a struggle. At this point, what we need to be doing is saying, hey, we're offering the only peace out of everybody that's out there. We're offering you something outside of the narrative. And we know you're out there because 37% of you are the are uh, only 37% of you believe what's coming out of that TV. And I guarantee you a lot of them have doubts themselves. That's going to do it for this show. Ladies and gents, thank you guys for entertaining me. Thank you guys for being out here. Uh, this is one of those that I just had To get out and i apologize i love you guys out there in the comments and everything else that you're doing uh thank you guys for sharing this is something that has been brewing inside of me since last friday uh and maybe even before then but uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming your way i'm going to be uh on travel next week and i'm i will maybe disclose uh, a little bit more after I get back. I'm still going to try to get you guys some shows. It might only be possible to do uh, audio, and uh, that's you know I won't be home, so uh, we'll see how that goes. I, I'm going to try to get you guys a couple shows next week, but um, until then, if you don't hear from me, I do want you to know that I am of sound mind, body, spirit. I am very optimistic about what's going on, um, and I I got to tell you, you know, to to have all the interactions that we're having now and to be thinking about shifting gears even here with radical and turning this something into much much bigger with you know paid employees and everything else i mean i am absolutely blessed um as a guy you know who doesn't know the answers right i still believe that there is some grand design out there and some things when you work your ass off and you set your mind to some things uh especially that are based in nature and around natural principles. Uh, nothing's impossible. So at any rate, have an awesome weekend out there. I will see you guys here next week sometime. Until then, I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their steps.